Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, I have a very special guest, and we're in our new setup and studio, so you're the first, so I'm, I'm really happy about this, but I have Brandy Holloway with me, and uh, we were just talking offline before we started here. She's actually going to change her last name. What did you say again? It was going to be Brandy... Firestarter. Brandy Firestarter Holloway. I think it's got a ring to it. It's a heck of a business card. Can you imagine? Right. Like, <laughs> Hey, Brandy, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me. This was a, a, a great surprise. Hey, for Brandy, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and kind of don't know your story and kind of how you got started and what your business is all about, I've had the opportunity to follow along with you and and you make me laugh at least once a day. So it's 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 fun to watch your content. Uh, but what let's let's start off with what is the origin story that is Brandy Holloway? Oh. Um, well, that could actually be an entire book and it will be, I've been, been writing that, but to give you the guys, the short version is I have always had really the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I grew up in a very small town in Alabama where, um, you didn't really have the entrepreneurs. So I had nothing to go on and, um, just started various businesses. I was always really good at sales. That's what I learned, um, at a very young age. And as I became an entrepreneur, I failed miserably. Um, once again, not really going into the details, but I learned a, a lot about the fact that just because you're good at something doesn't make you good at business. And there's a lot of things that you need to come up with, you know, foundationally. Um, so once I started to learn that and I started to begin to coach people and consult them, um, that's kind of where the Phoenix factor came from. My business is that you really have to have that factor about you, you have to have that mentality about you that you're going to fail. And what you do with that failure. So our, our term that we use is ignite, burn, rise, soar. So you're going, you're going to ignite your passion, but you're probably going to burn. You're, you're going to fail. You're going to crash. But what do you do? You learn and you rise from the ashes. So this is kind of how we go into, you know, working with anyone um, that it's just not always about the numbers right off the bat. It's like, where do you need to rise to? Where do you need to level up? What do you need to learn? Are you okay failing? And I love my journey that I've been on. I love that that's, it's all built on failure that I'm proud of because now I am in a amazing space that I would have never dreamt I was, would be in. That is so cool. And you know what? Failure, I like, I, I love failure too. I really do. I actually just posted about it this morning. Like um, talk about the quickest way to learn something, you know, is just by falling flat on your face and just getting a little dirt on you. And you know, it, you know, what's funny. I was, I was, this morning I posted a post, something along the lines of, you know, uh, if the strategy doesn't work, change the strategy, don't change the goal. And, you know, I find it in a lot of cases, we, we kind of get into that mindset where we're so focused on the goal that we're, you know, that, that we'll just, we'll move it around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if yeah. our efforts, if our efforts aren't in line and we don't feel like we're getting to that goal, we'll just move the bloody goal around. That's really not that's really not the best approach, is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, it's funny because you mentioned mindset, and I think that's where a lot of people don't understand. I literally just went live earlier today, 
And I was telling him, I said, you know, stop for a second and really, really assess where you're at, because I think it's not even the goal. I don't think they freaking have clarity about where their goal is. So they think they know what they want. And number one, if it represents a numerical amount of money, then you're already thinking about it wrong, right? Um, to me, I always tell people the money offers the freedom and options. So with what you're doing, if you reverse engineer that, where your mindset is, if you feel overwhelmed or you feel like you're swimming in circles all the time, then I guarantee you probably don't actually have a real goal. Yeah, no, yeah. no, th- that's totally true. You know what? You know, um, I do a lot of consulting with, you know, car dealerships and I am still dumbfounded today on how little amount of time is spent on goals. And now, now I say goals in the sense of, you know, people out there listening go, no, Jason, I got all kinds of numbers I have to hit. Right. Like, that That's it. No, but but, but that's not really your, your ultimate company or culture goal. And this was kind of this is kind of why I wanted to jump on the phone with you or, or jump on this podcast with you is because, you know, community is a big part of that. Right. Like, look, I run an agency and this has actually sounds this is probably a horrible idea for me to actually promote this uh, because, you know, I live on those marketing dollars and those marketing dollars is that constant promoting yourself, promoting yourself, promoting yourself, promoting yourself. But if yeah. you actually take the time to build community and around your brand, all right. You actually can pull away from that 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 drug-like addiction <laughs> that you have in marketing spend, and and I know you talk a lot about that. So I thought that's what we kind of start jamming. It's kind of for you. What are those kind of those ABCs of developing out a community around a brand? Yeah, I, ironically, same thing. Just well, and I, you know, look, I get on my soapbox about this a lot because, and it's strictly from my perspective and my learning lessons, and now working with the number of clients that I have. You know, and I even want to premise this by saying this is not rocket science. I don't even have a degree from college. I didn't get some golden, you know, certification somewhere. I think this is just something that because I don't do the hard sell, I tell my clients, you know, it's it's not about that for me. It's I'm going to provide you with a service that you shouldn't be doing because you should be building your community. Like to me, whenever whatever you're building, whatever solution it is that you're creating, you know, a problem that you're solving. How, how do people know that you're doing that? And people think that they can throw a post up once a week and everybody's going to know without really understanding how marketing works and how social media works, especially these days. And we're in this pandemic now, so people are really waking up um, to understanding how important marketing is. But community, my business exploded because I had a community. And I will say that because I worked my ass off building that community the last well, I'm, few years. I'm with you. Me too. Same you know? thing. Yeah, like LinkedIn, I, I, I would probably, and do I have an exact number? No, because the way that we work, but probably 70% of our clients have come from LinkedIn and I don't run ads. We, we work off of referrals um, and, or as, as my grandma always said, the proofs in the pudding, I will literally call someone up and said, you know what, I'm going to do this for you just to show you that I'm not BSing you about how important it is to build a community. I'm going to show you how easy it is, right? And it kind of opens their eyes up. So when things like this happen, like what we're going through right now with this pandemic, um, you know, there's some people that don't have a choice. They had to close down. Like we were talking about restaurants at one point earlier. I have a client that has a restaurant, but it doesn't, even when he closed, he still had the same number of people coming to the restaurant and picking up curbside because we took the time to build that. Isn't that amazing? 
I mean, that, yeah. that, that's, that's truly what the kind of the definition of kind of community is, right? It's like, it's like you should be able to literally turn off all your marketing efforts, all right? But because your brand has brought in the consumer so much value that they just continue to do business with you without having to go spend, you know, insane amount of acquisition dollars just to try to bring them back. And it's like, you know, and, and so, so let's, let's talk about that. I, I think what it kind of comes down to is, is defining the, the why. Like, if I own a business, all right, why would someone want to be a part of my community? I mean, what value do I bring to them, all right, that's going to want them to actually connect, follow, and stay loyal to, you know, to my business? And I know you got thoughts on this, so I'm going to let you kind of jam about that. But how do you help a client define the, the why someone should connect and follow the community? I, I can tell you, we, so we ask, and we ask them a very big open-ended question. When we start working with clients, we have a questionnaire. Um, I, think we, I think we've got about 42 questions. And I'm going to tell you the response nine times out of 10 that we get just from that form from, the, from our client, from the entrepreneur, is they're like, I never thought of that before. Or I never thought like that before, which is, that's our job. Our job is to get you thinking that way. And, the, and that question is typically, what do you want people to say about you? which we know is kind of what defines the word brand, right? What yeah, do you want? Yeah, that's to true. Say, right? So if I, and what I always ask them is I say, you know, hey, Jason, if I run into a client of yours three years from now, tell me what they're going to be saying about you. And whatever it is that you want them to say, then we reverse engineer that, break it down. And how do we build a community like that? So that we have you know many. What, that, that, that is such a good point, Brandy. You know, um, a lot of people don't think that, they, it, brand is something that they have to go and create. Um, the funny thing is th the fact that they didn't create it actually created it because the brand already exists. It, you know, and I, I tell a lot of businesses and they go, well, what's my brand? Well, you know, what? I find one of the quickest way to identify that is go look at your Google reviews and read the last 100 Google reviews and look for the most commonly used words. You're going to find two or three yes. most commonly used words. All right. That is your brand. That is how people perceive you. Now, you may or may not like that. <laughs> but it is what it is <laughs> but it is what it is but at least that's a baseline that you know how you're being perceived as a brand now you have to define the goal see we're talking about goals right like, like now you have to define the goal how i want to be perceived as a brand um so you know what are some how do you go about that how do you help a dealership or a dealership sorry how do you help a, a business of any kind really all right you know define what those words i guess or how they want to be described as a brand so then, you know, saying, you know, off of that question, asking them, you know, what, what do they want people to say about them? And kind of the same thing you mentioned, like, what are the keywords? And then uh, the goal is to build consistent content explaining how you're able to solve the problem, create the solutions, provide a service to get them to that space, to get them to feel that way. And it's just, you know, this is where we talk about cranking out that authentic content. Um, you know, people get around this aesthetic of looking perfect. I mean, you know, I'm sure if you go back to some of the first uh, pieces of content that you put out about your business or even podcasts, um, I go back and I cringe, but I love seeing it because it also shows. Okay, me okay, great. I got I to digress there for one second what? because, like, what? I gotta know because, like, you you started that, and of course, it draw me to my mind the first piece of content I created. <laughs> oh God, it was bad. All right, oh. I need to know yours. All right, you share, and then I'll share mine. Okay, so well, I'll, well, I'll, I'll I'll do you one better. I mean, I I literally I'll send it to you because I purposely have left this up on my Instagram. Um, <laughs> That's so awesome. The, the quality of the picture is absolutely horrible. Um, the I 
I am completely clueless about making it clear about what I was doing. I was just kind of rambling, which at the time I was documenting. And one of the things that, you sure, know, I, I love, yeah, you know, it's at now, now it is. Now, when I started a couple of years ago, nobody was telling you to document, right? People didn't understand yeah, that. True. And the didn't want to see you. You know, we were talking about stories earlier. Stories is my jam because you can sit there and you can document all day in 15 second clips, but it gives people enough to understand who you are, right? I, I tell it like it is. If you don't like that, don't work with me because my job is to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, right? Uh, my job is to get you to that space, get you to that goal. And so when you go back and look at your, like what you were just saying, you can kind of combine those first couple of posts that you did. Keep it, don't erase it. I think it shows people your growth too. I don't give a shit what people think about what I was doing two years ago. I have grown <laughs> immensely since then. You know, yeah. and, and that's and that's kind of what it is. Like you have to understand, like building a community, developing out your brand, it's a journey, right? This is not a. Th this is not a. It's, it's not a race. It doesn't have a, a beginning and an end. Okay, it is just literally an ongoing thing. And I find that you know, even in the last, you know, my hard hardcore commitment to content's probably been in the last three years. And, you know, and so I had two years of operate, uh, two years of the agency before then, and then a bunch of time in the dealerships even before then. Um, but it's only in the last three years. So I'll tell you when I got serious about it. So I got serious about it. And I did exactly what, you know, you just said. Every, I got really nervous about how it was going to look. Mm -hmm. I went out and bought this green screen. And I went out and bought this big expensive camera. And I ordered these big expensive lights from China. It took six weeks to come in. And, you know, I yeah. bet you probably it was like three months of just like putting this room together and all this stuff. And and, and I get in there and I look at the camera and I'm just. And it was it was atrocious. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to go into this green screen room every single day and we're going to make this amazing content. And then I realized, like, I got to run a freaking business. Like, this is horrible. This isn't going to work. And and literally that same day, I, I gave up on the whole thing. Whatever $6,000 oh, wow. I lost on it or whatever it is. We ended up using the equipment later, but still. You know, I went out and bought a GoPro, mounted it, the little suction cup mount, stuck it in my car. Because I was on the road so much, I just drove. And as I was driving, I was doing what you were doing. I was documenting. I was just, something yeah. came up in my head. I just reached up, hit the little record button, and just talked. And, you know, that was kind of the beginning of it. But I find that that's the key to kind of creating the content. It's just hitting the red button, just getting started. You know, all of our initial content looks horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, gosh, I, I like to bring this up to a lot of people because I'm, you know, I'm 48. So social media for me, I'm on that, I'm on that kind of curve, that line where there was no social media. Uh, obviously, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, I, I guess not even in college. Uh, you know, so I, I'm self-taught with all of this, with creating content and copy and headlines and hashtags and doing video. But at the end of the day, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you sell. If you believe in it, you're always selling one thing. And this can apply to anybody. I don't care if you're selling a car, if you're selling makeup, if you're selling this freaking microphone, right? You're selling the person hope that life will be better than it was before they got that product. So if you always remember that, and that's what you're, that's where I started going with my content, right? And a lot of times you're like, oh man, I'm repeating myself. You need to repeat yourself because oh, people, 100%. what is the, what, is, I don't remember the number, but it's something like people have to hear the same thing like seven to 10 times before they'll even think about, con you know, connecting with you. They need to hear that consistent message from you. Yeah. In marketing, we call it frequency. Right. So like, I just, I just, 
I wasn't really thinking much of it. Someone asked me the other day, like, did you do you just create a lot of content because you like Gary Vee or something? Or is that is that what it was? And I was like, no, I just took the strategy that I've always had in marketing is that, you know, if you know, if you're trying to create brand awareness, all right, well, you're going to go buy a radio spot. You're not going to buy one radio spot. You're going to buy as many radio spots as you can possibly afford. But you've got to maintain frequency. So I just I just assumed well, if I was going to build a brand and I was going to try to take advantage of some of this organic opportunity that was existing then, some of it still exists, but not a whole lot, right? We can talk a little bit about yeah. that too. Um, but that I was going to have to put frequency, you know, and now even still today, we put out about 37 pieces of content a day over f six different platforms. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, you know, but it, it sounds like a lot, but it was just a routine. Like we just got into a routine. It just became just... Just like jumping on the bike and just doing it. But in the beginning, man, like it was, it was, uh, you were pulling teeth. Now you said something earlier and I wanted to go back to it because we're talking about a little bit about social media. I think for the most part, everyone, a lot of business out there I see understand the media portion of social media, right? Take a picture, mm -hmm. throw a filter on it, shoot a video, I upload it, all right? I'm finding right now though, the businesses that do the best of really creating community and brand, all right, actually are more on like on their social game, not necessarily the media game. And I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, I think some of the things that we run our clients through, for example, <clears throat> are, you know, why, like, we'll take the restaurant for example that we work with the franchise that we work with people know you sell food if you want to create a community how do you do that i love food i don't love all food i love certain food so you know but at the end of the day they're a localized business they need to build a community and i i said so what you need to do is you need to highlight your community and tie that in with your product your service whatever so in this case it's food so we did some little simple things you know like um you know, tag your favorite uh, teacher, nurse, photographer, uh, whatever. Like we picked people in the community and then we brought them in. You know, they had lunch on the on the restaurant and had them tag and had them go and talk about the restaurant. And then other people came to talk about that. So um, that's that influencer part, the social media that people are, I feel like, getting really wrong right now because. Um, yeah, a lot of it, people are getting that totally wrong. It, it's not about being an Instagram model. It's really not. If you wanna, if you're gonna connect with your ideal client, then you need the model of that ideal client as your influencer. And that's, you know, that's technically what we do. So we just reach out to people that are already in that community, um, you know, that are doing well with social, they're active. And as an influencer, where, you know, they're in the community, how do we, how do we find more of you? How do we bring more of you? What was appealing to you to come mm -hmm. into, you know, into the page? And so, um, I mean, the name of the game is engagement with social media. You, I know, right? It's you, all about engage, engage, engage. Yeah, you can have a million, and I think we've all seen it now because people are coming clean. There are people out there that have a million followers that we thought they just had this kick-ass life and they were rolling in the dough. <laughs> I know where you're going, yep. And they're freaking broke. <laughs> oh, they're, they're broke and it was all fake. They bought them. They rented the plane or, <clears throat> you know, so yeah, it's 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 been, and that was, that was a wake-up call for me um, in a good way because I had so many people saying, you know, Brandy, you, you know, what you're doing is not going to work. Um, you know, you got to run ads, you got to run Google. I don't, I don't disagree with that, with, with our clients doing that, but for the long game, you're going to have to put in the time to build your community. And then when shit happens, like it is right now with the pandemic, guess what? We haven't had any of our clients fall off at all. 
None. Oh, because because the value is there, right? Like right. I think a lot of businesses have to realize that when they think of a community, you're not setting out to build millions and millions and millions of people following because that's really not even necessary, mm-hmm. right? If 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 a restaurant had and same thing even with the dealership, if they had mm-hmm. three thousand loyal customers, that would almost literally provide their uh, more than fifty percent of their entire business for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and it's like, not the intent. You don't have followers. to build it. Well, and, well, yeah, what is a follower, right? Like, that's that's a good point. There was someone I was going to bring up uh, earlier when you were talking mm-hmm. about um, the restaurant. Uh, I have a restaurant here. You'd love this. Um, I, I, I have this strategy. I call, I call it social worthiness. So it's like, what do you do as a business that's social worthy? And I find, like, restaurants, it's the easiest thing in the world, right? Because mm-hmm. they're food. And there's this thing called food porn. And people yeah. get high on <laughs> just like just just going through their feeds and just looking at amazing dishes and food. And it's just it's a thing. And so there, there's a, a local diner here. It was just a lunch and breakfast place. Not nothing special. Right. Uh, decided to go make 14 different milkshakes. And each one is easily over the top of the other one. I mean, you got donuts coming out of them. You got sparklers coming out of them. You got literally like a chunk of cake hanging out of another one. You have churros sticking out like a bouquet of flowers out of it with chocolate-covered strawberries and all this stuff. And um, I'm going to tell you right now, the milkshake's not a – it's just a milkshake. It's good. It's it's good. But there's a social worthy element to it. So if you go and look them up right now, you can actually look them up as a business. What you're going to find is not a whole lot of information about the business. What you're going to find is 14,000 pictures of people taking selfies of themselves with these with um. these milkshakes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I call it social worthiness. Why would someone want to come to your business and snap that photo or be a part of that community? Or, you know, it's like it's it's, it's wearing the badge. Like it, I, I was a Boy Scout. I don't know if you did. Did you do anything like Girl Scouts or anything like that when you were a kid? Okay, well, you know, like you get these badges for everything you yeah. do. Everything you achieve, you get a badge for, right? So it's yeah. like I, I talked to a business and I'm like, okay, well, well, why would someone get their ABC Motors badge? Like, why would they wear that, right? What they want to wear with pride, you know? So going down kind of that strategy, what are your thoughts? Do you have some ideas or even some examples of your, some of your own clients that have created kind of this social worthy style strategy? I think, well, I mean, we, obviously we try to push everyone, you know, to do that. I will, I will say this, um, and this is the analogy I use going into it. And another reason why I chose the Phoenix factor. If you want to start a fire, right, you need people to to see, you You need to be visible. So we're, so how do we start the fire? You got to have kindling, you got to have the spark, you got to have the base of, of what the business is going to be. And then, you know, as they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. So eventually you get to this point where people I like see, that analogy. That's so true. You know, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they see it everywhere. So how do you make that happen? You've got to get people like you said with that. I love that term. I'm going to steal that social worthiness, but it's like, how do we get there? And then at the same time, how exhausting would it be? Because we know what happens if you start a fire and you're throwing logs, right? You're throwing your logs of consistency and your gotta social keep, media. You got to keep it burning. Right. You got to keep it going. And so our term is, how do we create an inferno of success? Because when you have an inferno, guess what happens? You can take a little break. You can go, you can go to Tahiti for three days. You can, you know, you can do those things because when you have an inferno, even if it were to lessen, which hopefully you have things in place, operations, systems, and strategies where that doesn't happen. But even if it did, you still have a freaking roaring fire, right? 
if you're not consistent and you don't have those things in place, your fire is going to go out and you're starting over. And we see people doing this also. They're doing the wrong thing consistently because they're quitting and starting over. Quitting yes. and starting over. It's the worst thing you can possibly do. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of the analogy I use with that for you to have that social worthiness, meaning why would people share your content or tag you or check in or, and you have to tell them these things. They don't know. They don't know mm-hmm. they're hurting business. You know, I mean, it makes me cringe when I see people that post and I'm like, why didn't you tag the business? Why didn't you, you know, or <laughs> yeah. oh, it's like, and, and the great thing now is, I'm on the hashtag game because hashtags are now SEO for every platform, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of them. You can now search hashtags. So this is how I network. And this is how I go in and find my people. Right. Um, Because I know it's not necessarily the person that used the hashtag. It's the person following that person that used that hashtag. No, 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 let's 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 talk a little bit more about that, because I I think that's a strategy that is easily executionable. Right. Like, I mean, someone can literally, you know, after they're done listening or watching us speak, they can go do this. So, you know, you know, let's go hashtag 101. All right. I mean, we we both (laughs) we we know our hashtags, but let's go hashtag 101 for the audience. Explain to me a little bit, go a little more in depth about the hashtag strategy. So, you know, I mean, literally people see them and they, they don't understand. And they're like, oh, I hate all these annoying hashtags. And the, the, the deal is, as an entrepreneur, now clients may not understand it. They don't have to. This is how your person finds you. And there's definitely a strategy and there's a different, and I will say this is a little deflating for some people. It's a really different strategy on every platform as far as being seen. However, I use it as a search engine. And as I mentioned to you, so I'm going to use an example, um, and this is what I do on LinkedIn. Who's my ideal client? Someone that has a localized business, a small business, right? So I make sure that I go in and I find the people that are either in those areas. I look at the hashtags they're using. I look at the comments so I can find additional hashtags and I follow those hashtags. And what that does, because I've searched it out, it's in my ideal client avatar and I'm following that hashtag now on LinkedIn. I know that I'm going to start seeing that person's content pop up in my feed and I have an alarm that goes off every day for 15 minutes. I make sure that I go into LinkedIn and I make sure that I go in and engage with those people under that hashtag. I build a relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know what, and it's easily, it's easy, it's easy to execute. Now I actually feel like that's a strategy that an owner should be doing. Like I find sometimes too often we kind of pawn stuff off to an admin person or something like that. But it's like it's a great way to really kind of keep your thumb on the pulse of, you know, what people are talking about within your specific vertical. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's like I know I know a lot of people are always kind of looking like they, they want that that quick five minute, 30,000 foot view of like what's happening right now and real estate in my local space or, you know, what is, what, what's hot in restaurants right now or what's hot in automotive. And it's like, but I agree with you. That's, that's a quick, fast way to get in there, learn, but then to engage and engage, 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 engage. I don't think you need, either one of us could probably say it enough how much it's required to like, I would rather to talk. Yeah. I mean, I would rather, I, I, I mean, and I tell my clients, and it's funny you brought that up because of course we, you know, our agency offers management. So we are engaging as that client. Um, but I will tell you with complete transparency, 
I don't go on and bullshit. Sometimes I make sure I send the client. I'm like, Hey, what would you say to this? Cause as I learn, I can continue to respond as my client, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but I, but it's gotta be genuine and authentic. So if you're, you know, no offense, but if you've hired an agency to help you with your social media and they're given that cold, you know, sterile response, like, you know, thumbs up, you know, or, you know, great insight. And that they keep saying the same thing. You're not going to build a relationship that way. People aren't going to come back. Um, you know, my term to most people is to write five words or more because typically you're writing a sentence and they see that you're actually engaging with them. No, that, that, that's, it's totally true. I mean, look, it's not enough to say, hey, great post. So I really, I really think it's important for people to really think about and simplify the, the processes of all of this that we're talking about into how do you build your fire? You know your spark, you know your passion, but where's the fuel? What's going to fan the flames? What logs do you consistently put on? I, I post about this all the time. Um, it's just that you need logs of consistency. Um, motivation is fleeting. If you're waiting to be motivated daily, you're going to fail probably as well. The fire needs to come from discipline, right? So I know that you probably do things daily, like this it's morning. All, it's all about I, the routine. <laughs> right. I'm like, you know, people think that, I am not one of those people that wants to jump out of bed at 530 in the morning and work out and drink my shake and then get my day on. That is not me. I want to sit up till two o'clock in the morning with a glass of wine creating content. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Sounds like my night. (laughs) You know, so whatever works, I, I, you know, I know there's the 530 a.m. club. I guess I'm the 2 a.m. club. Um, I just I feel like I know when I do my best work and it's just all those things with that's your fire. Like that is your business. How do you create the inferno of success? And you just get really honest with yourself. What's extinguishing your fire is just as important when you're talking about your business and marketing and branding and strategy, because we know we have things that extinguish it. And some of us, I don't know whether you're trying to avoid conflict or you're worried oh, yeah, about for sure. Actually, I want to go more into the fire real quick because yeah. I actually look, that's why people want to be a part of your community. That's why they connect with you. That's why they continue to stay to connect with you is because they want to feel that warmth of that same fire. Right. And, and, and it's, it's that, that fire is similar in them as well. And that's where that connection comes. And then that's where you can start building off that community. What I find, and we were talking a little bit about this earlier is people fake their fire. (laughs) Like it's like whatever the, the flavor of the day is, that's what their fire is going to be, you know? And like, I tell people a lot too, when they're building their brands that, you know, that, that, that flame, that would that passion, that fire, I love the way that you describe it. Um, it's not necessarily what you do as a business as much as what you're maybe more passionate about. So walk me through how, how do you help clients find their fire? Well, I think, I think ultimately it's, it's a, the million dollar question of if money didn't matter, what would you be doing? What about this business gets you excited? What part of it, what aspect, you know, the helping the problems that you're solving solutions you're creating. I mean, it comes down to a pretty basic set of questions. You're, you're solving a problem, you're creating a solution, or you're providing them with a tangible product that does one of those, that helps with one of those things. And if you could do that and you weren't going to make a dime, I'm like, what part of that gets you excited? Um, I will tell you, because I'm pretty straightforward with everyone, I, in being transparent, I'm guilty. I used to be one of those people and I kept shifting thinking, oh, I got to be this and I got to be this. And then when I realized that no one was going to know me and really truly understand how I could help them or my business could help them until I got really clear on what I'm passionate about, Mm -hmm. 
until I got okay with the fact that everybody's not going to like what I'm putting out or how I'm saying or how I'm doing it. I need to be okay with it. There's always someone out there that's better than you. But don't you find that the people then connect with you are a stronger part of your community because you're just being you? A hundred percent. You know, like I, 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 I'm told that I'm a little harsh. No. <laughs> that, and that I've I, never heard that. Like I'm told that I, I maybe use too many four-letter words, and um, I have a very much so kind of um, tough love approach with my clients. And some people can really get put off uh, by that. But then the <clears throat> ones that don't get put off by that become amazing uh, individuals in my community. Do you, do you see the same? Yeah. So guess what you're doing? If you shift from being the person that drops the F-bomb, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I do the same thing. But if you shift from that, you're extinguishing your own fire because you can't be yourself. So That's now true. you're making the choice to extinguish your fire, to light someone else's fire. And then really how, how, how far can you really light that fire? How much can you fan their flames when you can't even be yourself? And you can apply that to anything in life, which, you know, people don't get. So, um, you know, look, I hear that all the time. People tell me I'm a hard ass. They tell me I dropped the F-bomb too much. You know, they tell, and, I, and I'm like, look, here, I'm going to tell you why. I know the exact moment, the exact moment that I shifted and got really good and really determined and really disciplined to make this work. I know the exact moment happened. I'm going to tell you exactly the words that were said to me. As the guy goes, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you're working at a level seven, not a 10. Well, that's a like, good smack in the face. <laughs> Right. So I was, I didn't, I, I was speechless. I couldn't really even say anything because I knew he was right. So at that pivotal moment, I have to decide, am I going to be offended? Because you know, like I think, I think most people would be right. Most people would take offense to that. They wouldn't oh, take the moment to actually How dare think, you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I um, And I was one of those people. I would have been offended. I played the victim for so long in my life and my business, which is why I had a failed business, right? So at that pivotal moment, I was like, there's nothing I can say because he's right. And if I don't want it bad enough and I don't work at a level 10, and this is not about hustle and grind. I want to make that really clear because I am not that. I believe in all aspects. We are humans working and yep. being and doing. I think everyone's got to got to find their own pace and their own marathon, yeah. and they just got to run their own yeah. race. And yeah. you know, if, if for some people, you know, that means that they work fourteen hours a day. Okay, well then that's that's that. It doesn't mean that, that they're going to outwork me or their passion is going to be more than me. That's just that's their rhythm. That's their pace. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if even if you break that down. Um, I found that I could work a 14 hour day being busy, but am I being productive? Oh, hell yeah, man. I could like, how often do you like, seriously, how often do you meet people that literally just move paperwork from one side of the desk to the other side of the desk for eight hours straight? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, that, that's why I laugh when they're like, I see you everywhere. How do you put all this content out? You must be on your phone all the time. I can go to the park with my kids for a couple of hours. I can go do extra. I can sit and binge on my favorite Netflix show. Like I do other things. You see what I choose to allow you to see. You don't see my whole life, but when I'm on it, I, I could sit here and right now I could record a hundred pieces of content 
As a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw, I, I don't know, I guess about a week or two ago when all the whole 10 tips and 10 days LinkedIn yeah. things started to get yeah. this year. I was like, you know what? I, I, I like being a disruptor, obviously. And <laughs> I thought instead of following along with the same thing, and it was kind of boring this year for me, um, I love um, Frankie Baby. I don't know if you follow him. Frank. It's, yeah, I, yeah I know who you're talking about. Yep. I love his videos. I love his enthusiasm. And I thought I'm going to show someone how you go and take someone who's cranking out content. So basically, it's like if you suck at social media, this is how you put it out. This is how you get your content. I took one of his posts, one. And I show people how to create 60 pieces of content. Oh, yeah. that's that's it. Look, see, you have to be intentful. That's what it comes down to, right? Like, I mean, we can literally, like, I'll take this podcast that we do, and I'll probably squeeze 30, 40 pieces of content yeah. out of the entire thing, right? And But but to do that, I have to be intentful. Things just don't come on their own, right? To, even creating content is intentful. Like we, we have to be, we have to create that routine. Like, I mean, I know every single Wednesday I sit down in this desk for the whole day and I do pump out about four or five podcasts and that's it on a Wednesday. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm on the road with my team. All right. And they're capturing content the entire day. And then Mondays are this like, but, but I find also, you know, that's actually helped me out a lot because what I've learned from being intentful is how efficient I am with the time that I that, that I have. And now that's mm -hmm. bleeded over into all aspects of my life, including even my family life, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's just like, if I, f I find the key to being successful, the key to creating community, the, and all of this have had to be with how intentful I was about my efforts. And now I'm finding the exact same thing. So I will actually, in my phone, schedule kid time, like a meeting, and the cool thing is when I schedule my phone, you have a little do not disturb button. You can slide uh -huh. over. So mm -hmm. the phone doesn't ring. Notifications don't go off until the time is up, you know, but it's through being intentful that I'm finding that I've become more successful in my efforts, you know, probably 10 times more successful than I ever have in the past. You know, uh, how do you, how do you be intentful? I think everyone's got a little bit different strategy. I'm curious for yourself. How, how, how do you be intentful daily? Um, we actually keep it pretty simple. So for me and my team, um, another thing I learned about myself was, was servant leadership is what keeps me fired up. So for me to be in temple, um, I need, I need to know what I'm doing and who I'm providing, you know, these things for, whether it be my children, whether it be myself, whether it be part of my team or clients. So, um, it's really easy. I ask myself and I, I talk about, this is something I, I talk about till I'm blue in the face. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to use today as an example. Um, I was super tired. I've, I've actually had insomnia off and on with all this craziness going on. Cause I'm used to being around people and yeah, I, I hear you on that one, people, you know? And so, um, you know, today, I, I mean, I was tired and it's like, here's the thing though, how do I get myself fired up? I have to set the intentions to do that. Like you said, it's not just going to happen. You don't mm -hmm. just wake up and go, I'm going to go kick ass today. Um, so, well, some people do. And more power to them. I'm, I'm not that way every day. But I think the way to do that is to ask yourself the simple question of what's one thing I can do today to feel successful, to feel abundant, to feel happy, you know, to, to feel fulfilled. And instead of making it a million things, because you can't do everything. And so I ask myself and I have, I keep a dry erase marker in my bathroom. I have the, you know, the big bathroom mirror. And so when I'm getting ready and as things are like kind of hitting me, 
or I'm brushing my teeth or whatever that thing is, I start writing it out and some things will stay in my mirror until I've actually accomplished them. And I know some people call that manifesting. And I think, I think it is possible in that way because you're constantly setting the intention to make that thing happen. Oh, that's a good one. You know, I have a weird one. I do. Everyone gives me a hard time because I have emails in my inbox that are not marked as red, but I've been mm -hmm. in that inbox for maybe two or three years. And mm -hmm. it's just a subject line. But that's how I tell myself to do things is, is that I create to-do lists. And how I create to-do lists is that I email myself. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. I email myself. It, and then in the subject line, whatever the yeah. hell I have to get accomplished, that's where I put it. But it doesn't. But, it, you know, and it doesn't. I mean, that's the And that's the thing is like what you just said is you chose to, regardless of it sounding weird or crazy or dumb, you did it because you knew that's what you needed to be more intentful. And that's the thing is if people will quit worrying about what everybody else thinks and understand that when it, at the end of the day, you are 100% accountable to whatever's happening or, or not happening in your life, in your business. So get your ass in gear and go make it happen. Set the intention. You, you, you know what I'm now I'm thinking about, I'm diving into it. So I use Gmail, have for the longest time. People still give me a hard time for using Gmail, but I've just, that's what I use. I like it. I've, and I'm all Gmail. Now, now the cool <laughs> thing with Gmail, Gmail, um, when you organize your emails, will only keep the top 15 uh, emails highlighted at the very top. And you have to continue to, 15 or 20, I think it's 15 or 20. All right. So it always stays there. And I actually have to make priority of which one goes and which one stays. And it's ah. and, and since I check my email, like I think most people check their email, you know, 62 times a day, um, I'm constantly being reminded of whatever that to-do is. And I think the oldest to-do I have, it's of course at the bottom of the list, but it's the oldest to-do I have, it's probably two and a half years old. And I've just never marked it as a red email because it constantly reminds me. That's pretty cool. I never really thought about that. Yeah, I, lo I love it. We use, uh, we use ClickUp. Um, so Jen, my, our, she's the COO of, of Phoenix Factor, but you know, with project management ends of things and she knows that I work that way as well. So I have, um, in ClickUp, it's, it, you get notified of the things that you're going to do that day. Right. So I time block it because as a creative person, I could sit and write content all, all day and be perfectly happy, but I, that's not going to make my business successful. No, that's so, that's, that's um, so but, true. <laughs> Yeah. So I love having, I love having the ClickUp app and, and now, you know, we use it for our team. So they know when their deadline is, is there, we can see the progress. And if, if it's something ongoing, you can leave it that way. So every day, same thing. When I open up my phone, I have a little list of my tasks to complete. Then I see, you know, I see like my book is in there or my podcast or, um, you know, there's different things in there that just kind of remind me to, to do those. World and domination possibly is that in there no, <laughs> no. you know what um i want to uh, uh, elaborate a little bit more on community and um what community means now because i think why people are connecting and being a part of companies communities and brands have changed in the last six months than let's say the previous year and i'd like to kind of get your thoughts on that like you know is it you know, I'll give you, for example, you know, I was, I was actually talking to that restaurant owner that I was talking about earlier that had the milkshakes, right? And he's like, like, really, like, do I really need to keep pumping these things out? Like, how relevant is, like, my milkshakes right now? Like, does my milkshakes don't mean anything, right? Now, I actually disagreed with him. I actually said, no, it's for you, it's, it's, it's a format of escapism, all right? So, no, you need to keep pumping it out there because the, people get that just that moment of that sugar high and that bliss of that 
crazy, insane looking, you know, thing. So no, keep doing it. But I think for people now that are, are just creating communities and creating brands, I think they're struggling. One of the excuses maybe they're using is because, well, it's a pandemic. I'm not going to start a community. What are your thoughts on that? If there was ever, ever a good time to start a community, it is now during the pandemic for mm -hmm. sure, because the, the, and, and I'm, and I'm, and when I say this, I, I do not mean this with any disrespect, but the beauty of this pandemic, if you want to see the silver lining of this yep. pandemic, yep. right, is that nobody knows what the hell is going on or what they're doing because no one in a million years was ever prepared. There was no exit strategy, no performance. There was nothing nope, there ever was nothing. that prepared anyone for what's going on right now. So, if you take that into perspective in you know your industry and think what what do our clients like what do our ideal customers clients whatever what do they need right now to know that things are going to be okay and that may not mean my actual product right it may mean something on the back end of me telling them a story of way back when like mm -hmm. i i've been mm -hmm. telling people like i failed when there wasn't a pandemic i failed at a business <laughs> yeah. you know and let me, let me tell you this story. And it sucked. I lost everything. I lost my house. I lost my business. I was evicted. I mean, I hit rock bottom because so many people right now, they're there. Some people are losing their home. Some people are being evicted. And I'm like, that freaking sucks. Like it really does, but you're going to be okay. And so for me building community, it's like having a community offers you the opportunity to take off the work hat and put on your favorite hat and sit around the campfire with those people and tell the stories that you should be telling about why you love what you're doing, why you love serving them. And that's what they want to know. You know, um, what's the cliche? People don't care what you do. They care how they much you, it. until they know how much you care. Right. So that's really what <laughs> that's you're doing with your That's It's true. You, you know what I'm, I'm, I'm finding right now is I'm being asked a lot of, you know, what value can I possibly bring? All right. I'm, I'm a pizza place. I'm a car dealership. I sell accessories. I, you know, like what value could I possibly bring in the, amongst this pandemic, you know, of just negativity and just look, it's just, just look, there's a lot of crap going on. I get it. And then you just, you know, uh, you know, tack on a, uh, a presidential debate here and there and an election and it, and it just gets even more. Right? It's just, it, it's insane. So, so, so I, what do you say to the client out there that's, that's just like, Brandy, I just don't know what value I could possibly bring to a community right now. I love, love, love that you asked this question because this is my jam. So I learned this, that, <clears throat> so let's use a car dealership because I don't know jack about car dealerships. I, I, I don't know anything about it, right? So this is where I know that I would go in and say, okay, I am a 40 something year old single mom who's actually mm -hmm. going to be buying a new car. Like I'm looking at cars right now. That's I'm glad you asked this question. Okay, cool. Let's do this. This will be fun. Right? So I'm thinking I'm your ideal client. Now, what if you could have a room full of women like me and you could have 50 women in a room and you don't know if they want a car, but how do you get them in a room? Collaboration. 100%. Either education or entertainment. So you, exactly. So with our clients, for example, I brought up the restaurant earlier. One of the things that we started doing with him, we started having events, two different types of events, one for entrepreneurs, basically networking, 
the little bit of an educational piece, but they always met at his restaurant. And of course he gave them a discount. So they're there, they're enjoying their lunch. They're meeting other entrepreneurs, they're networking. He's offered an opportunity for collaboration with these other businesses. And then I was like, offer them your space on your downtime or certain times of the day to, to also bring in other groups. Then I was I like, like they're at a college. I was like, offer free Wi-Fi on these specific days to the college students to come in and eat lunch and have free Wi-Fi. That's a good one. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of our others. Um, you know, I got one. I have a dealership right now. Um, like I, I've always been kind of a big thing. It's like, uh, it's not enough just to be, uh, you know, in your community, you need to be a part of that community. Like it's, True. it's a totally different type of mindset, right? Well, for, and we'll use for car dealers as an example. You know, they think that, you know, uh, spending money to sponsor a baseball team, a, a little league baseball team, or, you know, um, parking their car at the local rib fest is like being a part of the community. I'm like, no, you're just, you're just in it. Congratulations. You're in it. You share the same zip code as everybody else. Congrats, right? But being yeah. a part is... In an, in an entirely different thing. And I have, a, I have a dealership right now that has really done a great job. And speaking of hashtags, you'll love this. Is, is, is you know, they really died, that started, you know, this a Cambridge Proud. And it's a town's called Cambridge. And it's just like they're a business in the community. They're a part of this. They're dealing with the same stuff that a lot of these other businesses are doing. So instead of focusing necessarily on their own business, they're going out to put a spotlight and spend some of those dollars that they would normally spend in highlighting and putting the spotlight on other businesses. And um, it, they, they didn't do it with the intention of creating a community. They just thought if they're going to spend money right now, this is where they should spend their money is in yeah. giving back to the community. But the crazy thing is they ended up creating this big following. And a lot of people are connecting from it and they're they're talking and they're exchanging about their favorite local spots and things to do and places to go. Um, I'm sure you've probably seen a few examples of something along that lines as well. No. Yeah, we well, we did that with the restaurant. We started that about so every Wednesday um, people vote. They have a week from Wednesday to the following Wednesday when the winners announce. So we have them announce like who's your favorite local photographer um, police officer, doctor, pediatrician, nurse, um, teacher. And so people in that community, we get them to tag their favorites, you know, and talk about them. So not only, of course, is it helping build the community, build the following, build the engagement for the client, but now it's bringing new exposure to them and creating that community because we're same thing. He's honoring them saying, you know, congrats. So, and they, you know, they get two free meals on him for being voted That's the best. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I love it. Well, that, that continues to bring that value proposition, why someone would want to continue to follow and be a part of that business. Um, Brandy, I know it's getting towards the tail end of our time. And, and thank you so much for jamming with me today. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, but before I let you go, though, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to connect with you and kind of follow along with your journey. And uh, I do, anybody out there listening, you guys got to, especially her TikToks, like I just, <laughs> you keep me laughing like all day long. So, um, but what's, what's the best way to connect with you? You, Brandy. So um, either look up hashtag truth bomb or Brandy Holla way. I always start by Holla <laughs> because it's H O L L A W A Y. And I'm freaking everywhere that I can be other than Snapchat. So um, I don't have the capacity for that. And I, my clientele is, is not on Snapchat. <laughs> That's um, cool. But yeah, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And of course the Phoenix factor, you'll, you'll find that place. But you know, that's what I did with my business. I branded myself. I put my vision out and 
um, people know, you know, they know how to find the Phoenix factor from there. That's awesome. Hey, again, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today, Brandy. This has been a ton of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Awesome. Thank you. You too. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy Mob Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to sign up to be a mobster at strategymob.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.